You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. and welcome to the Paranormal Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for sharing the word and spreading the news about the show and helping other people come uh, introduced to the show. It's been great. We've uh, seen our growth just really taken off, and we owe it all to all of you out there. So thank you to those of you who have let people know about the show, and thank you to those of you who will yet let people know about the show. And remember, if you uh, have some paranormal experiences of your very own and you would like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to me via email at paranormalportalradio at gmail.com. I'd love to have you on and uh, get in touch with me via email and we'll make it happen. So got an amazing show for you guys today. Uh, I have Bruce Trott and Bob Keeney from Chowila Bigfoot Research joining me today on the show. And uh, they've got some incredible stories and experiences and... Uh, You're going to want to buckle up for this one, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be quite a ride. Uh, Bruce and Bob, welcome to the show, guys. Well, thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Excited for, to be. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. Now, I, I you know, I, I did uh, meet both of you guys at uh, Bigfoot Today with uh, uh, Stephen Major's show, and that was uh, a great time, and it was great to hear you guys. And I was like, man, I got to see if they'll come on the portal because <laughs> it was just, oh, yeah. you guys had a lot to say, and I was like, man, I got to talk to these guys. So thank you guys for coming on and making this happen. Uh, it's been a little yep. bit of a juggling act for us, but we've managed to dial it in. So, um, you know, I guess I... The, the best place for me to start is where did this all start for you guys? And you can go one at a time or however you want to do it. Well, it started many years ago with me. Uh, the first time I seen Bigfoot, I was 13 years old. 
And at that point in time, I didn't believe in Bigfoot until oh. I saw it. For, we basically look right at each other, like oh. 12 yards apart. Oh, my God. And it, it pushed the brush away, and I pushed the brush away at the same time, and we looked at each other right in the eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, holy, you know. And, and I looked at it, and it kind of cocked its head. Like uh-huh. a like a dog, a strange dog. Here's a strange uh, sound. It makes it, you know, they cock their head kind of, mm-hmm. and then and then just went the way it came, and I could hear it walking off. So I crossed through the creek and through the other side and pushed the brush back, and then I could see it walk across ten acres of alfalfa, and it was walking upright and it's striding. And I noticed that the fingertips were just just below the knee. So their arms were kind of longer uh-huh. and I'm like, that's weird. They do exist, you know, and I've been a firm believer ever since. And I've been a researcher ever since. Wow. But, uh, yeah, did you, I, I'm so excited because the night before last, we got a call mm-hmm. from someone that lives in and on January 30th, one cross the road right in front of her. She was going up Corey Brown's road. Corey Brown road. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah, it, it was amazing. So she got a hold of us, and so I'm excited to get a hold of her when we get done. Get back to uh, Chuila. I will uh, uh, do some research there. Wow, that's intense. But I've had multiple encounters. So, so uh, let's Bruce. Can you can you kind of physically explain what it was that you saw? Because I'm always really uh, curious. There's quite a bit of biodiversity, it seems, with these things and what people see. How tall was the one you saw, and what did it look like? It was about eight feet tall. Oof! Wow. And this one was black, mm-hmm. and that uh, the hands and the feet and the little spot on its chest on each breast uh-huh. was a shiny black leathery looking skin. Wow. And, and as it walked, I could tell the bottom of its feet was, there was no hair. It was just black mm-hmm. leathery skin, but wow. the like nose, yeah, almost like a gorilla, but it had more of a human feature okay. of a face, but the nose was kind of flattened. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a human nose pushed up or something. Um, it was, yeah. Like half a good Americans had a nose, sort of. You know, they had a fat, wide nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, and it strayed it off, and I just, oh, my God, it was just phenomenal encounter to be that close to the thing. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That was on the 5th of July. I think, I think we were up till 3 o'clock in the morning blowing off fireworks. Uh-huh. And my uh, uncle had two 10-acre fields of alfalfa, one on each side of the creek. And I think it was down in that creek bed checking out our fireworks. Oh. And uh, and then the fireworks ended up, They uh, about 3 o'clock we shut down, and, we, and me and my cousin just decided to camp out in the, uh, in oh. the field because it was a beautiful day and beautiful night, and he's sleeping out under the stars. Oh, and nice. that's when we heard crashing coming through the creek. And... So I, we thought it was my neighbor's bowl, and he always would get out, and he'd follow the creek, and then we'd run him back home. So I wasn't afraid at that point. I thought I was going to look at the bowl. Uh-huh. But when it pulled, pulled the brush back, and I looked, at, pulled the brush back, and we looked each other in the face, it was like, 
just a shock. It was like, whoa, you know. Wow. But it was cool. That very is cool experience. Very intense. Now, uh, now, did you know what you were looking at as soon as you saw it, though? Uh, yeah. Okay. Without it, I've seen. Uh, this is another story. I thought about writing a book. I've had 16 face-to-face bear encounters in, in my years of uh, research. Oh. And three of those was with grizzlies. Oh, geez. And I'm still here. I've never got mauled. I've never, I've only been chased by one bear and it was a little cub. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> it jumped out of the garbage can and ran right towards me. Oh. And I had to run with hammer they jump in the car <laughs> but uh yeah all the other bear encounters were really cool you know they just went the opposite way mm, that is powerful well how about you bob yeah bob how did this journey start for you sir well, okay well, i was in the boy scouts it was summer of 1965 i was 13 years old we camped up in a place in calaveras county in the sierra nevadas in california oh yeah it was called it was called uh uh what was it uh uh, oh, I can't even think of it, but it's a camp, Boy Scout campground, Wolfboro. Okay. It's on the Stanislaus. And we were camping out there, and they heard about the Calaveras County monster. And that Boy Scout, you know, people had stories about it, and it was sighted in that area. But I'd never seen it myself. I never actually seen or witnessed a Bigfoot on my own, but I've seen signs and I've heard sounds. But this experience was when I was camping about 13 years old. Uh, I heard a loud scream way up in the mountains above there. And uh, everybody was looking up and they said, what, what the hell is that? You know? Yeah. And they said, be the Calaveras County monster. They screamed like that. And it was way up. You hear it echoing way up in the cliffs up in the mountains. It was pretty, uh, sound very like it was a lot of volume. Like it was, like it was very big and loud. Yeah. And then uh, they were going to have a bivouac. Uh, the older uh, Boy Scouts, which my brother Roger was, they went to bivouac up in the higher Sierras above Wolfboro, up around the, around the lakes, around the Dardanelles in that area, between there and the McCallamie River. And uh, <clears throat> they said they uh, saw a large figure walking across the granite rocks over on the riverbed, mm-hmm. across the river. Uh-huh. And it was about, said it was probably a good nine feet tall. And uh, hairy, and uh, it was at night, so I couldn't tell what really color it was, but it was hairy and had a pretty long stride to it. <laughs> wow. That's uh, told me about that. He said it uh, scared the shit out of him. <laughs> Oof, wow. And he, yeah, he was, uh, he told me that story, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of guy. Well, almost made me want to go up there and find out it myself. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. But I had very uh, times were first and camping up at uh, the Sand Canyon area, Phillips Lake area, where we went scouting several times. We saw there were footprints that they weren't, weren't really easy in an area where we could really make a cast of them. But we see some juvenile footprints. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see the grant and, uh, how they do the trees when they make a X with trees. Right. There were several of them up in there and broken off trees all over the place. It was very uh, much signs of them. And I heard a distant scream while we were up there, and I turned the hairs of my neck up on that. Wow. But all the time, after that scream, I felt a very peaceful feeling. Like it was almost like a spiritual connection. Oh, cool. It was all. Um, and uh, I've heard stories that Bigfoot is a kind of a transparent, uh, multi dimensional, uh, uh, you know, almost like an ET in itself. But 
uh, which is kind of borderline for me. I don't believe, I believe there are physically here because I've seen physical evidence of them. I've seen footprints. Mm-hmm. But there's one footprint that really got my attention. We're up at Sand Canyon. The snow was a, it, it melted and it froze. So I could walk on top of it. Okay. And there was a process healed off the side of the uh, Sand Canyon Road. I saw a big footprint, and they had a, about a four or five foot stride between them. And are twice as big as my feet. I could walk on top of the snow, but this one clearly broke through. Oh, wow. And it was on a footprint. And that was a long stride. I went across the field. But the weird thing about it is, it started as deer prints, what it looked like. And then there was the large big footprints. Well, it looked like big footprints. And went back to deer prints before it went to the creek. Oh, my like, God. Like, what the? That, you know? That was unexplainable. I couldn't explain that. <clears throat> yeah, me and Bruce both saw him. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal Store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in yeah that was weird <clears throat> that that kind of cooks yeah. your bacon doesn't it i mean really what do you do with something like that right yeah, yeah. it doesn't make logic unless like i said they are transparent and they probably like a deer i don't know like it almost transformed itself from a deer to the bigfoot and back to your deer again. I mean, it's kind of more from, you know, teleport themselves out of another animal body or something like that. It's got sure. my curiosity. Doesn't I can't explain it. Well, now let me let me I, ask you, gentlemen. Uh, how long? How big were the were the actual prints that looked like Bigfoot prints? How long were they? Yeah. How? What size were they? They're probably about uh, fifteen inches. Okay. I would say six inches wide. Yeah, and you could cl- clearly see the toes. Okay. Yeah, the toes were of them. Yeah, you could see the evidence of the toe prints there, and there were no claws on it because they don't have, what I understand, they don't have claws on their feet like a bear. Sure. Well, the reason I ask is, you know, of course there is a there is a paranormal precedent for something that is one thing and then becomes another, um, and that is a skinwalker, uh, which are of Native American yeah. legend. Yeah. When they transform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of that too. Mm-hmm. I've never believed that until, but I couldn't explain it. Trust that was weird. It was weird because it's just like out in the middle of the field, and it was deer prints on 
the beginning and the end of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's almost. And like, you could tell towards the creek too because of the direction where the toes were and the heel. Mm-hmm. It was pretty evident. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty intense, guys. Wow. Yeah. And we spent some time when I was up with Joe, Joseph Wendt. Uh, we were up above uh, on the other side of uh, the ski resort on Flowery Trail Road. We went up, uh, I can't believe it was, uh, it was up some road up in there off to the left. Goes up on the mountain. There. Yeah, we, that'd be northeast of the ski lodge. Yeah, northeast of the ski lodge. Yeah, and uh, oh. we walked up there the and we saw some. Uh, we saw it was snowy ground. It was cold, you know. I mean, it was it was a what was it? Uh, wasn't it March or something like that or April? Mm-hmm. Out there, it was somewhere around there. There's still snow on the mountain. Yeah. I think it was. But there was a there was some uh, barefoot prints. And this is way above anywhere would anybody be walking with a look like a juvenile or the prince mare maybe. Well, there was two size tracks. There were two sides. There was a twelve inch ones. Yeah. And there was another one was about thirteen inch or something like that. Yeah, the bigger one was I think thirteen and a half inches long, and the smaller one was just like eight and a half inches long. Yeah, it was smaller. Yeah. The thing is, it, it ran up that kind of a clay material. Yeah, it was on the bank of the road there. Uh, but it also had a lot of sand in it. Yeah. And, and it went at an angle up right into some thick brush. And me and Joe tried to climb that hill and mimic the tracks. And the, the tracks were uh, like 48-inch tracks between the stripes. Yeah, about four feet, yeah. And mm-hmm. it went right into some heavy both the tracks went into some thick brush on the top of the bank. And, but we tried to mimic the running up it. We couldn't even do that. And Joe and Joe's got a longer, longer legs than I do. And he's got a long stride. He couldn't even do it. He's about six foot four. Yeah. And he also, he's a, like a martial arts instructor and he couldn't, he couldn't even make the stride. And he, we both ended up sliding down on our butts (laughs) (laughs) up the hill, but we did take some pictures and, I think Joe's got them on his stuff. Yeah, Joseph Wyatt. Yeah, Joseph yeah. Lee. That's uh, powerful, yeah. 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 And then I've had multiple encounters on, uh, let's see, it'd be northeast side of the ski lodge on the back side of the mountain. One time, me and my wife was camping there, and we was Huckleberry. We was there for four days in our motorhome, and we uh, we picked... 12 gallons, we was trying to get 20, but then we got ran out of there by Bigfoot, and I'll explain. We were, I sent her to town to get me a six-pack of beer, and so she took the car, and I stayed there at camp, and while she was gone, I played the Sierra sounds. Oh, <laughs> okay. And, and I turned on my stereo really loud, and I rolled the window down. And then about after I played the whole tape, I shut it off, and then I waited like 15 minutes, and then I did some wood knocks, uh-huh. and I had five different responses. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and then I did a whoop, and I got five different whoops. Oof. And then all of a sudden I heard a rock hit my camper. Oh, There no. was another one behind my camper throwing rocks at it. <laughs> <laughs> and she with a six pack of beer, and I told her what's going on, and she says, "That's it, we're going home." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, oh, so that was an exciting trip. 
Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Wow. That's pretty active. By the two wheel, I'm out. Very active. Bigfoot all over up there. Wow. And then uh, we've had multiple encounters up on uh, uh, Red Marble. Yeah. That's maybe, yeah, it's not that far out of Tooele, really. Maybe 20 miles. Yeah, and that time I heard that cough coming up at that tree line where we're walking up. It was really windy. Mm-hmm. And the trees were swaying quite a bit, but I heard I could know what the sound of the trees make when they're getting you know wet when they're creaking wind and stuff like that. They start creaking, but in a very distinct coughing sound I heard in the woods. It was like a, it didn't sound human so much. It sounded more volumulent, uh, more volume to it. Wow. Yeah, but it was a distinct cough. It's like whoa. Yeah, my dog tucked his tail between his leg and beat it towards camp. Yeah, he went down to the car. Yeah, yeah and that's when I when I got I got the hell out of there and I I rolled over this uh, this uh, tree and a, a stick poked me in the gut. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> and it, it wasn't very deep, but it it got infected, man. Oh, yeah, man. bad. Oof. Then uh, that broken off tree that we saw in there was like a sign the tree was broke off and brought along the road. It wasn't like it was broken by the wind. Usually they're uprooted or something like that. But this is clearly broken about four feet up a pretty green trunk. Yeah. And it was laid across the road like it's like they were trying to tell us don't cross, don't go in. Yeah, and we did. We went way beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful stuff. And, and, you know, it's, do you, do you guys generally, do you feel safe or do you feel like you're really rolling the dice when you're out there doing this? I feel totally safe. Well, okay. I don't feel any threats either. Well, that's good. I, you know, I, threat, I fear man more than I fear Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. And, and I fear man more than I do a grizzly or a cougar. Oh, you sure. know? Okay. I mean, I, because you know, humankind, they always do things out of spite. You do things out of evil with no recourse. Yeah, no or, recourse. or out of jealousy or something, you know. Uh-huh. But anyway, um, I had I, I had gold mine up in uh, around Pritchard and Murray. I would just go ahead and say it, the area, not exactly pinpointing it, but okay. I had claims up for years with my dad, and we had almost every night we'd have some kind of encounter with Sasquatch, and. Uh-huh. Uh, one time, I remember I woke up in the middle of the night. I had to take a leak, so I got up and I took a leak in the port in the camper. Had a toilet, and then I laid down. And then I, then about ten minutes later, I heard, and I'm like, "What the hell is that sound?" <laughs> so I sat up in bed next where I could look out the window. And there was four of these creatures squatting down, playing with my fire. And, mm. and it, the coals of the fire would just about go out, and they'd throw uh, pine needles on it. And when it'd flare up, all four figures would lean back, and they'd make the sound. <laughs> oh, wow. Fire. I'm like, holy. And I'm like, I was scared. I said, I'm not going outside. Not tonight. <laughs> wow. But, yeah. yeah. Living that past experience, I've never experienced. I'm hoping I do experience something close, you know, like that, or at least see one. Yeah. But I've heard, but I've heard them. Now I've uh, seen the prints and I've seen the signs, and I believe. Yeah. Sure. But over the years, me and my dad and my mom, 
I'd like my mom to be, uh, be interviewed sometime too. Um, up in our gold mine, we've seen them multiple times. Um, and they, they never heard us. They did throw rocks at us a couple times and big boulders, but the, if they wanted to hit us, believe me, they would have hit us. Yeah. I think it was just more of a warning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, they can throw rocks like, uh, better than Babe Ruth could hit a baseball. <laughs> well, tell me about it. Cause we figured there was a cave on the back side of that Creek that we were gold mining in. And this boulder, it was the size of a bowling ball. It got launched from that cave that was hidden from the brush and came down about 25 yards to the Creek. Yeah. That's wow. a pretty long throw. And, mm-hmm. but it was five, six feet away from us. So Oof. I'm, I'm saying if they wanted to, hit us they could have i think sure. we were just too close to where they were laying or whatever mm-hmm. and they wanted us there and so we left <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> which is which i think is smart as soon as boulders start flying that's a whole different game i go bowling ball i'd be skedaddling too well I, another time i want to share i don't mean to cut you off bob but um, oh, okay yeah we was up on my upper binding claim and we walked up there for my lower mining claim and it was about three miles up the road and we ran at a corner and our dog once we got to that corner again she was not that dog was not afraid of no bear or cougar but mm-hmm. she tucked tail and ran back to camp and i told mike i said well don't worry about it she knows where camp is and we kept going and we pushed up about another mile from where she ran and sat across this it washed out the um, culvert, so it was a big cavern, but a big old tree had fell across that cavern, and mm-hmm. I had my binocs, and I had my gun and everything, but uh, we, we got out there on that um, big tree, and we was just looking across this clear coat on the other side of the mountain, mm-hmm. and I seen mm-hmm. four black figures going up the mountain, wow. and at first I thought maybe they were bear, but I'm like, four bear running together? That's weird. And then I I put my binocs on it and I go, I just, yeah, I'll try to watch my language, but I went and I gave it to um, my cousin, Mike, and he looks up there and he goes, we're Bigfoot. I go, yeah, there was four of them climbing up through this uh, clear cut. I'd say they were all spaced out about 40 yards, kind of going up the uh, stealth pattern, kind of like, and and so I yelled at him. I go, hey. And they both stopped and they turned around and they looked and they focused in and they finally figured out what it was because I was waving my hand. I wanted them to know where we was at. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they, they, they both immediately, once they see my hand waving, they all squatted down behind brush and one squatted down behind this big rock. And he kept picking, poking his head out to, see, to look at us. And I had my binocs right on him and it was squats. There was four of them. And I'm telling you, Brent, these are true stories, no bullets. Okay. And yeah. we were 60 miles up in the woods away from anybody. Wow. And uh, and I'll tell you, the, I never had visitors up there. Right. Except for once, once during the summer, the Forest Service Ranger would drive up in there and check on us. And he always said, I'm just checking on you. Okay. He never said why. But he said, I'm just up here to check on you guys to see if anything's going all right. And we're like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I have so many stories I could tell you, man, but I don't want to tell them all at one time, you know? Sure. No, I understand. Um, now when they tucked in, you said you saw them going up that, that clear cut and then that you yelled and they kind of tucked into, tucked into cover. Did they just stay there or, or did they finally move out or how long did you watch them? Uh, we watched them for about an hour and then we finally just gave up and left and they squatted the whole time. We, we, until we left where they could see us leaving and then where they went from there they probably went up to the top of the mountain oh okay wow yeah but it was weird yeah because they just squatted down and the brush was so thick and so and once they squat down they just disappeared oh yeah except for that one behind the rock he kept looking looking at us behind the rock and you could see his head come out and and it yeah it was it was it was bigfoot (laughs) right Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal podcast. Buckle up, we're going in. Now, how many times do you suppose you've seen them, Bruce? Like, literally seen them? You know, I need to really think about that one and write it down because I should really write a book, you know? Right, no, no doubt about it. Um, The reason I'm asking is, uh, you know, you hear about a lot of different behavior. Like, of course, there's people that say, look, they, they can run around quadrupedally and bipedally uh, equally as easy. Have you ever seen them quadrupedally? Um, I've never seen them run on force. I've always seen them upright and striding up through the brush. Okay. But there has been a few people that say they, they sometimes will, when they take off, that they lift off the ground and they'll be on all fours. But I've, I've always seen them upright. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm always curious about that because you hear about it, but you know, I don't know what if there was a percentage of time. Are they like fifty-fifty? Are they mostly bipedal, but sometimes quadrupedal? Or how does that work? But yeah, I'm just curious about that because it's it's pretty phenomenal. Well, all the, every time I had an encounter, they were uh, bipedal, but okay. I see on TV sometimes people saying they were on all fours and then they lifted up and you know. Well, gorillas kind of do that. Yeah, yeah, a gorilla does kind of do that mm-hmm. um but they you know if they get on their hind feet and they're and they try to walk for one the stride's not there for two they waddle yeah and they're kind of clumsy right so yeah. oh, and, and so when i seen these things i'm telling you they were big but not bear because i've oh. been face to face with bear 16 times in my life and i know what a bear looks like right yeah and you know from what i can tell there's not really any way to confuse a bear silhouette with a Bigfoot because there's no, there's no shoulders on a bear. It's like a straight shot down to their, you know, the pear shaped butt, you know, kind of thing. But you know, they don't go ahead. Right. Because so short. I'm sorry. What was that? Yeah. Bob. Uh, the bear, they stand upright. Their legs are real short. They don't have much of a stride, you know. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so and of course the ears is another thing that's always a, a clear giveaway on a bear that uh, Sasquatch right. just don't have ears, or if they do, they're very tucked into the head. They don't stick out. And they don't. And Bigfoot don't have a snout. Right. Whereas you see one 
all the time. I seen one not far from my cabin, a day sighting, and I the reason I knew it was Bigfoot, it was wasn't that far away. Maybe it was forty yards away, and I was going slow because it was mushroom season, looking for mushrooms alongside the road, and I stopped and I seen this black figure, and it turned. It was looking right at me, but when it turned, I, I could tell it didn't have a, a muzz, a snout. Uh-huh. And then I seen it walk between a pretty good clearing between two trees, and it, it walked right up through these uh, willow trees, mm-hmm. and then it just stared into the willows. And a lot of people say they vanished, but I, I just think they, you know, just slip into the brush, and once they're in the brush, they're camouflaged. Right. You know. Yeah. That. And, I've never seen one just vanish. They usually just walk out into the brush and disappear from not seeing them. Yeah, you know? that is another claim that's out there. And I, you know, I don't know what to do with that one either because it's not that I doubt that people saw what they saw because who am I to say? But it's just hard for me to put that, you know, to, to quantify that in my own head. So I don't know what to do when people say, I saw it vanish. It just disappeared. And I, I believe they saw what they saw. I just don't understand what's going on there. But I do think that they're, you know, a physical being. And as you said, like they leave footprints, they break things. They, you know, they're not intangible. They, they definitely are there. Yeah. And they have like four, four different ways of communication. Okay. Kind of like a gorilla. They can, they'll pound on their chest. Mm. Uh, they knocks. Um, they do whoops. And they verbalize, yes. And they chatter. And sure. I've heard, heard up in the cedars and on Goldbine, I've, I've experienced it all, all themselves. Oh, okay. And uh, so with that being said, I've been up there 23 years on the gold mine. And I've heard elk, I've heard coyotes, I've heard wolves, cougars. Uh, uh, when I hear Bigfoot, I know it in the woods. <laughs> sure, yeah. And, you know. You're no I was one time, I just, I just remembered this when I was camping down at Big Ben Lodge. We uh, rented cabins there, but uh, we couldn't put all that. I was uh, really young. I had four, uh, three older brothers, mm-hmm. my mother and father, so we were family six, and we were, it was a two-bedroom cabin. But we set up this uh, tent in the back. It was a really nice tent. It sleep four people. Me and my brothers are in there. <clears throat> and one time in the middle of the night, I woke up and I heard these footprints. I mean, he heard his feet. I was scared. I was scared. I couldn't. I was almost paralyzed. I couldn't move because it scared the hell out of me. But I felt this presence mm-hmm. and these heavy feet down, uh, coming down outside the tent, like it was walking past the tent. And I heard a. <clears throat> You know, well, that could have been a bear. It could have been a bear, but it sounded more like two prints. Uh, it sounded heavy, you know. Yeah. It mm-hmm. sounded heavy, but I hear, you know, something like that. Kind of a snort, but it was like a sniffing, too, like that. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, that's amazing. That's where I, uh, that's where I got a, I get, I got a GoPro. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm going to start doing that when I'm out in the field. Um. I got recording, not the greatest recording equipment, but we set it up when we're out in the field in in hopes of getting some screens. And uh, we're just, I don't know why I should have done this years ago, but I, I've had three strokes. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. And recovered. And, and so I'm, I'm disabled, but I still get out there and do what I love. And, and uh, 
And then I have younger guys on the team that if I can't climb the mountain to follow the tracks, I send them in. <laughs> yeah, we're all getting longer in the tooth. I'm 68 years old now. Sure. You know, and I don't have stamina on steam I did in my 40s, much yeah. less my 30s. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, have you ever... Have either of you ever experienced what you think is the infrasound? We hear infrasound mentioned so often. Have either of you experienced that? Um, I, I've heard this uh, bionic bird sound. Okay. And at two o'clock in the morning, that didn't make sense because, yeah, that couldn't be a screech owl. What I heard was a whistle, hmm. a kind of a bionic bird sound, but a whistle is what they, they call it a bionic bird sound, but it's, it's a really loud whistle. Okay. And I heard it three times and we was camped up red marble. And, uh, yeah, it was, was yeah, there. that was, yeah. yeah when I, when we were camping out and I heard, yeah. uh, one when we were up there, we heard, some, uh, we saw a, uh, figure that was ducking behind a tree trunk. Oh yeah. Up there at the top of the Above yeah. a clear cut area. Yeah, I remember that. had kind of poked out from underneath where we got the binoculars on it, and I could barely, I could just start making it out. But yeah. it was very, we had to really look. Oh, we it. had the cheap binocs that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, I, I, I wonder, and, and maybe you gentlemen have a feel for this, but do you think there's more of these things out there than ever before, or you just think there's more people talking about it than ever before? You know, I believe there's like eight thousand between just between Canada and along the Northwest and down into California. But I think they're way off on their figures. I think there's more of them and I think there have always been around. I think the, the reason we're getting more sightings is people are moving further and further back in the woods and, and logging's coming in and logging this out and they're building homes and we're pushing them deeper, deeper into the woods. But not only that, everybody's Fires in California probably having them. Oh, they pushed them right up to us, and I think that's why Washington State's having more encounters. But anyway, um, we're entering this world where everybody's got a camera. You know, whether it's on your cell phone or tablet or Pro Girls, um, and I think everybody needs to have a camera. Your lenses everywhere nowadays. Yep, there's cameras everywhere. And so we're getting more sightings because of that fact. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, you know, I think with the number of sightings that happen uh, in road crossings, for instance, I think that as these dash cams become more prolific and more common, we're going to catch some of those uh, those incidences and uh, should have pretty good footage. I've seen a couple of them. Yeah, um, I've seen a couple of cam quarters from the cops. Uh-huh. And uh, one of them... Uh, is it was on TV. I don't know what channel it was on, but the uh, Springdale is not far from Chuila. Okay. And the Springdale Police Department got a call that something was in getting in their garbage. As as the cops rounded the corner, they turned their spotlight on and put it right on this thing, and it got up out of the garbage can and had a handful of garbage and walked right across the road. And, and up into the woods, and they disappeared. And and the cops got it right on the dash, the dash cam. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and that's not far from where we're at. And, uh, well, I had some property in Springdale once, and I had one encounter up there. 
I just heard it and I heard his footfalls going right next to the camper along the creek. So the next morning we went down the creek and sure enough, we found 16 inch tracks. Jeez, oh, Wow. It, it stepped over a fence and it hit a right for the mushroom field back in there where we'd, we'd go back in there and pick mushrooms. But so not hallucinogenic, but the yeah. animal ones. Yeah, the morals. <laughs> yeah, the morals. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably good. But uh, I gotta ask you too. Oh, sorry, sorry, Bob. Did I cut you off? You have to go to the West Coast to find those simosimon mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, go go on a couple of trips there. <laughs> the trip to get there, and then the trip after you, after you're there. <laughs> so I gotta, I, I gotta ask you another question, gentlemen, because I'm just kind of picking your brain here. As you guys are familiar with this and researching this, do you think that these these beings are are getting more and more comfortable around us and are willing to to live in closer proximity than ever before, or do you think they always have been? I think they always have been. Uh, I mean, a lot of my encounters have actually been about the 2,500 foot elevation. And that is not too far off Cottonwood Creek where I live okay. or where I used to. I, I, I lived up on the cabin for seven years. Okay. And uh, I've had, well, over the seven years that I had the cabin, uh, I've had four two-day two day sightings and two-night sightings. Okay. And uh, Wow. So, and that was just, yeah, I've had so many encounters. I don't know if, I, if they're, they're, they're attracted to me or what. <laughs> <laughs> or if I'm just getting lucky. I don't know. But. Well, you know, it seems to me, Bruce and, and, and Bob, and you guys can tell me what you think, but it seems to me that there is some truth to that in that I'm pretty sure they get seen when they choose to. Like, they don't probably screw up that much, but they they choose whether we see them or not. And it seems that if somebody has seen them one time, they seem much more likely to see them a second time or more. Mm -hmm. Would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you get more, once you get more experience, I think you feel less afraid and they sense your fear and they, uh, you know, yeah. any animal, they sense your fear. Yeah. I do mm -hmm. believe they sense our fear. Sure. Mm -hmm. And, and, me and Bob going, we're not to, afraid. They're going to have what I understand. I've heard they're pretty telepathic. Yeah. Yeah. The, and I've known with you, Bob, uh, animals love Bob. They run right up to him all the time. And, and the same with me. And, cool. mm -hmm. you know, normally they growl at people and stuff. And they just, I, I mean, I remember feeding deer up at the uh, gold mine. I, I just feed them right out of my hand. Yeah, and I get deer right up next to my apartment. You know, right on the lawn, right outside my apartment, to look at the window right through at me and my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's cool. That yeah, that's cool. right in Chihuahua, too. Yeah, right there in town. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, come deer season, they're they're all in town. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty smart, then. Yeah, that's that's pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think animals are smarter than we give them credit. No, I think you're right. I think that... I think they they do have a lot of insights and and awareness more than we give them credit for. You're right, um, yeah. But uh, how how is it that you normally approach your research? Do you 
is it just visiting the same areas over and over and over, or do you have some, and I don't want all your, you know, your special sauce or your secret recipe here, but, uh, how do you approach yeah. this? Do you, how do you approach researching? I guess is the best way to ask. Okay. I might be giving a secret, but I don't care. Uh, for other, for other researchers, it's a good way to do. I get up on a mountain road and I go real slow. And then when I see something come, came up and cross the road and then up the bank, then I get out and check out, okay, was it a deer, elk, bear, or was it a Bigfoot? And nine times out of 10, it's moose or elk or bear because you could see the claw marks. But every once in a while, I've ran across Sasquatch tracks that way. But the hard thing is you can't cast a track if it's going up the bank because the cats in the trail is just going to run out of the just flying downhill. <laughs> Sure. So, but usually they like we say, look at the elk trails and stuff because I've heard. Yeah, they follow the elk trails. trails. Oh, that's really interesting. Wow. They run. They also follow coyote herds and uh, wolf packs, and hopes of getting a free carcass. You know. Oh, sure, sure. That they can chase them off a kill or something. Um, Do you think? Do you do you gentlemen think that they are aware that we look for their for their footsteps? Yes, I do. Okay. For the most part, I think they try to walk in areas where they're not going to leave foot tracks. Okay, and and I would agree with that. I've heard that from other researchers as well. As well, and that to me, it really gives you an idea how smart these things are. Like they're watching us; they know when we're they're looking very- for their tracks. They're very smart. Yeah, with us, they're good at social distancing, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I heard a I heard a report, and I and I, I I'm paraphrasing it because it's been so long now that I heard it, but I think it was this old Native American woman on a reservation was out in the, out in her yard, and and down below she was up on a hill, and down below she saw this this full grown Sasquatch walking down a logging trail, but as it was walking, it was dragging a cedar branch behind it you know, basically covering up any footprints. And I thought, oh, my God, that is, that's so smart. Yeah, that's smart. That that's makes smart. sense. And, uh, you know, they, they love cedar strips. They can make stuff out of cedar strips. Oh, okay. And, and there's, uh, I've been doing some research around a lot of cattle ranches. They'll go out there one day and they brush their horse's hair and everything, and then they go back in the house. And they go to sleep, and the next morning they go out to check on the horses, and their horses have braided hair. Right. Yeah, I've heard of that, too. Yeah. And that's, so they know how to braid. They know how to weave. And, yeah. So, so they're obviously more intelligent almost than apes, because apes are pretty smart, too. You know, gorillas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, think of it, that, that gorilla that can sign language, that's a hell of a lot of intelligence. Yep. And uh, I, I I learned sign language through uh, Jane Goodall. She showed me how to uh, what means uh, friendly visit, and uh, I, I that's when they first started coming into my claim because I learned that I wanted to get to know them better, and I started doing that sign language, uh-huh. and then they started right into my camp. That's a so fascinating that, story. That, could you could yeah. you please could you please let us know how how is it you got in touch with with Jane Goodall? I think this is brilliant on your part. I've heard of her. Yeah, Jane Goodall. Yeah, um, yep. that was back in the eighties. 
around 81 or 82. And she had a, uh, some kind of a readout in a book. And so I, instead of sending money for the book, I sent her a letter. <laughs> and I told her I was doing Bigfoot research, <clears throat> and I was wondering if she could help me in any way. And so she sent me this pamphlet thing. It showed how to do the hand language, like a gorilla or ape, they do this certain thing, and it means friendly visit. Oh, cool. And so I started practicing that, and it worked. They started coming right into my camp. So, <laughs> so do you think they're, yeah. they're, they're that familiar? I mean, so how, how do I say this? I, I think that oftentimes we wonder, what are these things? Are they more person, people? Or are they more primates, uh, like ape? And and that's very interesting that they would have kind of a shared vocabulary with their you know their ape cousins and our ape cousins. Um, what do you guys yeah. think? Which are they more? Are they more a people or like us or more an ape Ooh. like a gorilla? I think they're more apes, but yeah, I, I do believe mm -hmm. that they're the missing link between man's evolution. I think. It fell through the cracks or something. Um, and like Jeff Meldrum, he believes they're Gigantopithecus. Sure. So yeah. Yeah. that's what I believe. Well, I just find that so fascinating that, you know, Jane Goodall's work, of course, was in Africa and, and in, in a, a lot of distant countries. And yet th there is, well, it, well this kind of goes together, I guess, because uh, there is yeah. this, the similarity in language between, you know, the sign language. You found that they seem to work in, in communicating with the Bigfoot visually, but also, you know, you think about the Yowie in Australia and our North American Bigfoot and, you know, they've been tens of thousands or more years apart probably. And yet still the behaviors are very consistent between those two very yeah. distant places. So maybe that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, what, what it amounts to is I think there's about five different um, types of Bigfoot. Kind of like, humans we got indian native americans we got uh you know vietnamese or china chinese and, and then we got black people and we got white people sure and i think they're, they're like that okay because there's a little variance mm -hmm. in their look the yeti like the yeti and hammy Lanners is white and i've seen pictures of sightings of bigfoot where they're brown and blonde and sure. black yeah huh well, that's yeah, I've, I've seen gray ones. I, I've seen green, gray Sasquatch, okay. and black Sasquatch. Wow! And but yeah, well, the gray ones are older ones, you know, getting old. Yeah, just like me. Yeah, exactly. I'm turning yeah. into a gray squatch right now. Um, <laughs> but you know. I can tell, gentlemen, that we could talk for days and never run out of material here, but uh, unfortunately, we've reached the end of the show. I just want to thank you both so much for making the time to come on here and have this discussion with me, and I hope you'll come back and do it again. We, I, I was hoping you'd ask us to. Uh, thank you. I was hoping, too. I'd like to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, we got. I could tell some more stories. I just... Absolutely. I could go on for dinner. <laughs> well, I'll let you. I promise I will. We'll have to get in touch and figure out when the next time to, to set this up. But 
Thank you both so Next much for being here. We're drinking beer and listening for Bigfoot. <laughs> hey, I'm yeah, a, I'm game. Sure. I got a I got a pocket mm-hmm. recorder we could bring out, and uh, you guys want to bring me along? I'll come and uh, huddle in fear yeah. by the campfire. <laughs> I'll, I'll just uh, Stephen and uh, Mitch Johnson. We we all want to get together and go. They want to go up to as close as my claim as we can get and camp out and mm. and. Uh, they want to do that, and so maybe we can arrange to where you can hook up with us, and we can do that. Very good, man. Yeah, yeah let me know. I'll I'll see what I can what I can accommodate, man. But that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would It'd be a blast. All yeah, right, we had some good time. <laughs> I bet you have. I'll bet you have. I'll, I'll just assume the the fetal position by the fire, and you guys can keep me safe. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, Brent, thank you for having us on your show, and we sure appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brent. Uh, I really enjoy talking to you. Yeah, likewise, gentlemen. Thank you so much, and uh, I'll be in touch, and we'll make it happen again. All right on, brother. All right, okay, take care, have guys. A good one. You too. Take care. Bye. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>